Welcome to Nana Tings. Hi, babes. On today's episode of Nana Tings, I am joined by my friend Andrew, a fellow model and actor and activist. Uh, you know, we talk about flipping the narrative and owning our queerness in art. So before we jump into this, I just want to say happy Pride Month and grab your tea, your blunt, your shrooms, where the fuck you want and enjoy the ride. Hey everyone, I just want to say I have three books out right now and I appreciate the support from all of you, from everyone that got my first book, Falling Androids in Phoenix, to my second, Romance in a Mono Road, and my current third, Baby, Antonio's Return. Check it out at Barnes & Noble and also Amazon. You can easily just search my name, Antonio Laranzo, L-I-R-A-N-Z-O, and go get a copy, review it, love it, share it, and all the teens, Okay. Antonio here at Nana Tings, and I am joined by my beautiful queer model actor friend, Andrew Fisher. Hi. Hey, y'all. What's up? I'm happy to be here. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. I had to do all the slashes because you were just like a bundle of joy and represent such sunshine. But um, but tell everyone that's listening about yourself, where you're from, what you do, you know, all the tea. Yes. Okay. I'll spill all the tea. And y'all know I always yeah. bring out a lot of energy. Like, that's just me. I always bring the energy. So I will be bringing it to the podcast the whole time. So a little bit about me. I am Andrew Fisher. My pronouns are he and him. I'm originally from Minnesota. Now I live in a beautiful Los Angeles, California I am a Gemini, and it is Gemini season, so we're thriving right now. So this is like the perfect time to do the podcast. Wait, I forgot that you're a Gemini too. This is why I love you. <laughs> yes, Gemini's, Gemini's unite. Side note, sorry, I don't want to even interrupt your introduction, but I'm my rising sign is Gemini, and then I'm a Libra. So we just vibe. air bitch. That's why bad bitches. <laughs> Oh, this all makes sense. I, I was like, I didn't discuss this months ago. Yes, no, I remember it now. I'm like, okay, yes, Gemini. It's all about them signs. Okay, but also, so I grew up in Minnesota. I liked Minnesota, but I didn't at the same time because I loved like being wholesome in the Midwest and kind of like figuring out life there. But there is a lot of closed-minded people there too. Um, I knew I was a little bit different growing up when in kindergarten I have this memory of me playing with like only girls playing Polly Pockets and uh, like at that time guys were supposed to be friends with guys and not girls so it was just like a little bit weird growing up because I only had like girlfriends and I remember like also in third grade um, my parents like made me have a play date with a guy because I was only friends with girls and I was like okay fine <laughs> and it was this hockey player that I thought was like cute like that's why I <laughs> had a play date with him backwards thinking right isn't it crazy to think about like that era like the, especially in the 90s where like yeah it was yeah guys had to play with guys like what it's like yeah or like if you were pink it was like they threw gender on a color yes uh, like the color with gender uh what like, I'm sorry, color does not have gender, neither does fucking deodorant or shavers or any of these, like, genderized mm -hmm. things. Like, a t-shirt does not have a gender. Also, I feel like clothing, to an extent, does not. 
Like some of it is yes, supportive, right. like boobs. Like we obviously don't need bras, yeah, but yeah, like, yeah. But like pants. A man or a non-binary person can rock. Yeah. A cross, a guy can rock. A suit, a woman can rock. Mm-hmm. Yes, make it make sense. Period. <laughs> that part. But, uh, okay. So, yeah, continue your story. Like, what got you out mm-hmm. here? Because I know you're obviously um, an artist as well. Mm-hmm. So I would love to know, like, what shift from Minnesota to LA and. Yes. So, okay. So, growing up a little bit, um, I then came out when I was 17 years old, and that was a little bit hard. Slash, I didn't really like think that I was ever going to come out. I was in this kind of box. And like, when I did come out, I remember I was like sending notes to friends, like writing it down because I didn't want to say it out loud. I was too embarrassed. And all my friends were like, we knew you were gay. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, obviously if you met me and knew me, like, you know, like I give some flamboyant exactly. energy out, even though that's not always like the case, like, like stereotypes, but yeah, I was. Um, and then my parents took it hard a little bit at first, but then we went to therapy and then I kind of like told them like how it was and like established the lines and was like, if like, you're not going to accept me, then you're not going to be my life. So that's kind of like how it went and they're super accepting now. But after, um, I came out and after high school, I went to college for a little bit, but right before college, I signed with my first agency, modeling agency in Minnesota. And, um, When I did that, I did it because my friends were like, ooh, you should model, like, you're fierce. And I was like, okay. And I was still trying to, like, gain my confidence. So I was like, okay. So I signed with this agency. I was super happy. This agency kind of gave me the whole, like, stars and stripes and was trying to, like, basically, like, sell me the dream. And they were kind of selling it a little short. So I, like, still with them to an extent, but they, like, they, I'm thankful for them that they gave me a start, but they definitely didn't, like, give me, like, the stars and stripes and the dreams and all, everything. So um, after I signed with the agency, I kind of put that on the back burner and went to college in northern Minnesota. And I was super happy that I went to college, even though I don't necessarily use my degree, because I felt like I found, like, my socialness from college. And I found, like, my social skills and friends and kind of discovered myself. I lived with five girls in college, which I absolutely loved. It was crazy drama, but it was crazy fun, too. And then after college, um, I moved back into the city's Minneapolis area with my parents. And then I continued to bartend because I did that before. And that's actually how I um, paid my way through college. I didn't take out any loans because I worked my way through it. You're so impressed. Thank you. Yes, I know. I don't really tell people that. I don't know why because so much about you right now. This is great. This is why I love having you on my podcast. I feel you have um, you have such a deep background. You mm-hmm. know? So I'm I'm loving loving this story. I appreciate you. <laughs> yes. So after college, I um moved back in with my parents. I continued to bartend, and then I was doing different temp jobs to kind of figure out what I wanted to do in the professional space, yeah. and. Then I was at a marketing agency, which I really liked, and I was there for a bit, and then they offered me a full-time position, and I was, like, thinking about it. I was at my desk, and I was like, uh, I cannot see myself doing this forever. Like, it's boring. I, like, feel like I'm stuck. Like, I feel like I'm not, like, progressing creatively or anything. So I'm like, that's it. Like, I want to move to Los Angeles. So then I signed with a few more agencies. In Minnesota, I created like more of my book, my portfolio, 
And then one of my agents in Minnesota acted as my mother agent and they placed me in California. So they owned a house out here. And then I lived in a model house in 2019 for four months. That was kind of crazy. It was insane. There was four different um, guys from Minnesota that all lived in the house. And it was kind of like America's Next Top Model vibes, if you've ever seen Yeah, I want to hear about those model houses. So there was like four <laughs> different guys. We were all different ages. We were all different like experience level with like um, modeling. So it was like a little bit different. I also never lived with guys before because I live, only lived with girls. So I didn't necessarily love that. But it was a nice house because it like... It was in Woodland Hills. It was like right next to Calabasas, little bougie area. Like it was nice, but it was also far. If you know California, like that's way out there. But like, I'm grateful for, I always say this, like I'm grateful for everything that happened in my life because it takes me to where I am today. Like you can go back and like dwell on things, but like at the end of the day, everything happens for a reason. So I'm grateful for that experience. And that's how I kind of like, being in that model house, I got my like foot in the door with LA and um, right before COVID because after being there for four months in 2019, I moved back home to Minnesota for two years. And then in Minnesota, I worked back at the restaurant. So I was, be able, I was able to get unemployment. I was able to be with my family during COVID and um, kind of still like um, do my like, uh, influencer work so that's when that kind of really developed because I was at home doing nothing like a lot of people so I was able to like make money off of social media and show my personality through social media and that's how I kind of fell like in love with social media again and then um during those two years I was like uh-uh like I am not done with Los Angeles like I'm not going to be that person because I feel like so many people go to LA and they don't make it or they try it and they don't like it or they think it's too hard or they run out of money and they just leave. So I was like, I'm not going to be a part of that. Like, I know I'm not done with it. So um, I moved back to LA in 2021 of May. So I've been almost been here for a little over two years now, which is crazy to think. And um, I live by myself, which I love. I've never lived by myself before because I love living by yourself because you have like this own like space. You have your own messes that you can clean up. Like, I know we've talked about this before because you live by yourself too. Like, it's just like so much better, right? Like, I love solitude. Yes. <laughs> like, and you're an extrovert too. So like it is, right? Are you an introvert, extrovert? Uh, both. Yeah, I'm definitely like an extrovert, introvert for sure. Okay. Yeah. Because, like, I like it, but I also don't because I, like, feel like I, like, don't have anyone to come home to or anything. But also, like, thank God for, like, iPhone and FaceTime because I'm always FaceTiming people and calling people. You know what I mean? Like, it's basically, like, I'm I was gonna say, not alone. I think we'll yes. go home to that. Kitty, kitty. Meow. So, basically. But. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I was just going to say, basically, I've been in L.A. now for two years. Um, some of the stuff I've done, I've been in music videos for Little Nas X, Jack Harlow, Billie Eilish, Ricky Martin. Um, I've been in shows as, like, background, like, Euphoria, Grey's Anatomy, American Horror Stories. I've modeled for makeup brands like 
NYX Cosmetics, One Size Beauty, Maybelline New York, Uma, Ilia Beauty, been in commercials for Circus Soleil, Manscaped, soon to come out on Peloton, yeah. which I'm super excited for. So I think at the end of the day, like this industry is so hard, but you have to have that self-worth, self-confidence and just not be afraid to like go for it. I was about to say, I was like, to be in our industry and not to have these like other side jobs for these nine to fives and for you to support yourself and live alone and same thing for me being able to like actually have my own home and bills paid is is rare it's it, like go i want to say go go us. Go, go. <laughs> also to any artists listening to this that are paying their own bills or like they are a full-time artist and know their worth and like we're able to like have a glow up and move somewhere like go you like fuck yeah this is that was you know your story yeah it it reminded me of like last year just like i wanted to move to la for like five years and i was so fearful and i was like oh my god i i'm working at the like a retail store i'm doing all this and that like i don't want to move and be broke and then i was like fuck it i'm moving i'm putting myself in yes. a situation with a city that i'm in and i'm gonna make it happen and what do you know i moved here i quit i used to work for apple so i quit working there for five years and I went full time on my art. And guess what? A year later, I am still standing on my feet with bills paid and living alone. Snaps for that. <laughs> yes. Because I feel like so many people are like afraid to like lose their full time job or lose like that support or the stabi- stability. But at the end of the day, like, why would you want to be in something where you're not like happy and fulfilled every day and you dread it? Because so many people work nine to fives that like complain about it. They hate it. It's not their passion. And I'd rather be doing something that I like love every single day and maybe struggling a little bit, but like, at least I'm loving it. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's what matters. You're, you're like, at least your soul to fulfilled. Your inner child is like, okay, I'm not. Yes. And you know, this actually flows in perfectly to the topic that we were discussing offline on was yes. now here uh, about not having a boyfriend ever. And also like you, which I think is such, it's so strong, you being able to be alone and work on that self-worth and, and know where you stand with who you are in life in general, like what your pay rate is for a job. I know you, you're like, bitch, I ain't going under 30. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know, you remember that. I know, you know, I know that you have no shame and even like letting a company know like I don't fuck with this rate so but I think a part of that comes from you Mm -hmm. knowing your worth and it comes from taking a lot of your um primal like your uh growing years that you're in right now your youth and like knowing developing who you are not relying on someone else so I would love to just understand like what like where did you know where did this come from or was it in minnesota where you're like i don't want to fucking date a man yet or like you know where, what is your consciousness okay yes great question so basically i would say yes. about like knowing my worth and being single so i've been out now for 10 years i came out when i was 17 years old and i just remember like growing up throughout like high school and then college and I would always see people in these relationships, especially like my friends who like lose themselves and like are controlled by the other person or like they can't even do anything without the other person. And it kind of just like turned me off from relationships because of that. And like I, 
am like so like just focused on like being successful and like being successful in my craft that like I don't have time for no one like I will like have fun with people don't get me wrong I've definitely had sex before and like definitely send some nudes and like definitely hook up with people but like <laughs> you know just keeping it real because like I'm not gonna say like I'm a little like none over here but like I think at the end of the day like I think that I don't know where it all came from but because like my parents have been together for like almost like 30 years now so like it wasn't from them obviously like they they've been together for a while but I just think like being in an environment where I've like seen toxic relationships before I was just always like turned off from that and like I just didn't want to be like owned by someone else and I still want my individuality and like I don't necessarily know if I ever see myself getting married or having kids but like I could I'm not like close the door to it but like it's not like something like I wish for because I know some people like are only wishing for like that fairy tale or like being pregnant or having a family. And like, it's just like an interesting point of view for me because like, you're not concerned about yourself. And like, I feel like we live our lives for ourselves, not like someone else, even though it is selfish, but it's like you living your life. So that's kind of like where it kind of came from, I think, for sure. I love that. I am. I'm having a realization of what you've been having. Yes. Um, I have a relationship. And for me, it's, I'm realizing that for the past 10 years, I've had four wow. friends and I have this cycle of codependency where it's like, cause like growing up, I was like a father figure for my brother, like being the older son. And then like, I would help out my mom a lot. So I took on this like adult role okay. at the age of six. Wow. So for me, I grew up just mm-hmm. caretaking, right? And I realized like no one ever really took care of me, you know, like I never really had someone check in on my like sensitivities and like all that. So I feel like with my boyfriends, I've had this like cycle of that. And now where I am right now is like, yeah, fuck that. Like I am reading a book right now, Codependent No More. And I love what they say. They're like the, the author. She's like, just every day wake up and go, what do you want to do? And that's so life changing. Mm. I like wake up in the morning and go, Antonio, what do you want to do today? And it's like, I don't know. I, I'm in this, like, what you just said, individuality, like, that is something I've been lacking for as confident as I am as a human. So I confident. Don't. <laughs> it's, you know, in a cross of NFL. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, show that confidence. I love it. <laughs> With this confidence, I was like, wait, I have never really had um, my identity without mm-hmm. someone. So... I'm really excited to be on this new chapter. And honestly, like speaking about nunnery, <laughs> I am thinking about being celibate. Okay. <laughs> because... Side note, I have been celibate for a year. <laughs> yes. Okay. Wait, I love to talk about this. Okay. I, so the... <laughs> so of course. We are walking everywhere right now. And I, we're always on the same wavelength, <laughs> you and I. Um, yeah, I don't know. So reading the book, right? I, the, the book has been, for anyone listening, the book, anyone that has codependency, whether it's with the human money, whatever the fuck it is, um, it is such a good book to read, Codependent No More. But it it, it talks about, like, your purpose on, on this earth and, like, your purpose as a human and that, like, your identity is for you. 
and not any other substance or person defines who you are. So with that being said, I'm like, wait, sex is the same thing. It's an energy connection. Mm. And I'm so witchy and open to portals that I'm just not, I'm not a lizard brain person. No shade to anyone listening to this. I'm all about, yeah, sex positive, do you. But like people that just fuck for the act of primal yeah. fucking with no emotional attention or just for like, they have to like nut. I'm sorry, but that's so lizard brain to me. Like that is just so like, it's just your body, right? You're doing what a human does. For me, I'm really tapped into like, I feel like I'm in an avatar. I am in a higher consciousness person living mm -hmm. in a human experience. And with that being said, we're the only species that can attach our brain with our emotions. It's a beautiful connection. So I'm all about like sex is aura. And so where I'm at right now is learning to love myself more. No one deserves this. Good like you got, you got to be a, like a 10 out of 10, not even just look wise, your aura better be fucking up there. I need high frequency. If you're going to touch me, get on my level. I'm tired of insecurity baggage being thrown onto me and then my soul being drained because they seem like they have their shit together. And then after you fuck them, they realize they don't. Oh! So, anyways, that's my little event. Spell that tea, sis. Yes. Let it out. <laughs> Yo, I just want to in. <laughs> I adore you. Oh, yeah, and oh, we just need morning. to say how we met, too. So Antonio and I met because we both do a little promo modeling work. And uh, we met at like one of the gay bars in WeHo and we, we had a shift together and the music was popping and we were like twerking and we just like, we connected that day. And then ever since we've stayed connected on social media, we do a little promo work together. We've been on, we've been set, on set together. together. We always spill the tea <laughs> together. We'll be like, okay, this is what happened. And like, this is what you need to know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it just motivated me to go in. I feel so relieved going off that one minute just now. <laughs> I just let out the demons so much. <laughs> Woo! Uh, um, but yeah, so you're a celibacy for a year. Is it like a similar kind of like vibe where like not everyone needs a piece of energy? I would say <laughs> yes. I like kind of what you were going off of before. Like I felt like I was just like looking for people that were like super hot. And like that's what I was like really like I was so like invested in like appearance just because I was only hooking up with people too so I didn't really like necessarily care of like who they were as a person and then I would like hook up with them and realize I like wasn't satisfied or like at the end of the day like sex like can only be like a minute or like 10 minutes and like that's it like it's just like an individual experience so it's like I don't know why I was like wasting so much time and trying to find like a minute of satisfaction or 10 minutes of satisfaction. Like, so I've been celibate now because first off, like all the diseases in Los Angeles, like, let me tell oh, you, like God. when I first, so I like had my fun in um, Minnesota for a while and was crazy and like did some like unprotected stuff and like stuff I definitely shouldn't have. And then when I moved out here, I was talking to a boy for a while and like had a thing with him and was only hooking up with him. And then I got gonorrhea. So, like... <laughs> yeah. Because he hooked up with someone else. So, like, I, like, that, ever since that, too, like, it, like, turned me off a little bit. And, like, you know, the people, the guys, especially in L.A., like, 
are something. Like, they either, like, need to be, like, always fucking or, like, in an open relationship and don't, like, value, like, a a serious connection or, like, they're just, like, crazy and they're, like, straight, you know, quotes in there. amount of straightness that are not straight here is insane. yes sorry. and it's like, <laughs> like at the end of the day just like own you like if you're gay like own it or like if you want to fuck guys they're like um anyone like on the spectrum like own it you know what i mean it's just also like yes communication like i feel like a lot of the guys are like so fucking scared or if you give them feedback they either like block you mm-hmm. and they don't know you how many guys like in we have for at least we're friends with and then like say you fell out that like yes like it's so like like, even the current ex is doing i've been blocked for two months now and i'm like dude i get healing but like at this point i'm like people don't have a backbone here like no shade but like a lot of gays here do not have a backbone and not even gays i feel like it's an la culture thing actually like it's just like not being from new york i'm like yeah because you're like confrontational and you're like okay like i'm gonna give you the real tea but the people here i feel like definitely like are a little fake love to like look the other way like i mean like don't get me wrong like that's the other thing like want to clear up like people always think like people in la are like fake and horrible and like not good but like at the end of the day you have to find your tribe and your people if you're gonna be like looking for fake you're gonna be like finding fakeness so like there definitely is some people that like have injections all over our fake inside and outside you know what i'm saying but um there is good people here too and i feel like and you probably um agree with me on this factor the people that are transplants are usually the nicest ones the people that are from here usually are not I'm sorry if you're from here yeah, listening. <laughs> be be the different stereotype. Yeah, yeah. I like listen. I hate a stereotype, but listen. From our my own experience, I've been having mm-hmm. the same experience. It's like it's really hard making friends out here. It is too. It's like it's all like a physicality where they either want like fuck you or like then if you don't want to fuck them, it's like they move on. I don't and know, that's why I like. I'm honestly, like, not friends with a lot of gay people, too, because, like, I feel like, especially in this gay culture, LGBTQIA plus culture, a lot of, like, gay people um, there don't want to, like, be friends with you unless you're fucking or, like, they fucked one of your friends. Yes. It's, like, and the other thing, too, I, this is, like, I'm a huge believer in this. If you're only friends with people in your community, how are you supposed to grow? Like, this goes throughout, like, all different communities like hispanic chinese like anything if you're only friends with people that are like similar to you how are you supposed to like grow as a person and your like views you know what i mean you're so right like it my you know my my friend i was just having this conversation and he was telling me that his therapist were like yeah gay men are um at a disadvantage because a lot of us, when we meet other gay men, right away our lizard brain goes, I want to fuck him because he's hot, or maybe I don't want to get to know him or just friend zone him and not really develop anything yeah. in between, like form a crush, or maybe talk to someone for five weeks yeah. before sleeping with them. Or like, you know, it's like, we are so, oh, the theme of this episode is lizard brain. <laughs> I'm telling you, I am so tired of like the basicness of mm-hmm. like humanity. Like, where are... 
okay if any gay person is listening to this that is like not these cookie cutter gays and like are actually witchy and developed and emotionally intelligent <laughs> hit Antonia up y'all slide in them DM forever <laughs> My God! Um, <laughs> I book team celibacy here. Yeah, team, like, team celibacy. I can't nope. talk. I can't even say it. Team celibacy. We're just excited. <laughs> I love. It. I love it. I feel like, but you're right about the also like experience. Like I feel like a lot. You know, I've so I've obviously I've had acquaintances that are very just like I'm fucking for yeah. exercise and that's it. Right? They're not emotionally available. Nothing. So. I've asked him, I was like, hey, have there been moments where you felt like in a dangerous situation, like it's an orgy and it's unprotected? And they're like, oh, my God, there's been so many times that I literally had to, like, risk my health. And I'm like, how do you feel about that? And they were like, well, not really good. And I'm like, so then why do you keep doing it? Then the second question I follow mm -hmm. up with is, okay, out of all those moments, some experiences were probably great. You know, so we've all had, like, that slutty moment where, like, you bang someone hot, like, while traveling and it's great. But I'm like, when you do it consistently, do you go home feeling empty? Mm -hmm. And the majority of them say yes. And I go, are you not hurt by that? Is there not some kind of like psychological or like heart development on that? Like, why are you still in this cycle when you're telling me that half of the times of your experiences, you're feeling mm. hollow inside? I'm like, that's a bigger question we need to ask our community, especially as queer men. It's like, we, I, I think gay guys, we move on too quick or it's yes. like, oh, the next one. Like it's like Tinder, right? So I for a hop. I'm going to run away from my problems. Or I'm going to go on vacation mm -hmm. or I'm going to get a new boyfriend. And a lot of it is just like, have you ever, have you read the I have not. Page? I mean, I'd read it. So it's about three stages of coming out, right? Your first stage is when you're trying to figure out what gay is, what, who you are as a gay, you're okay. like not having standards. Stage two is where a lot of gay men are till they die, where it's like, you are developing, but you're still in this validation culture, which is validation for dick count, how much money you have, what career you are, how hot you are, your abs. That's why a lot of gays have gym personalities, <laughs> right? Stage three, it are people that graduate from that stage where they're just a human that happens mm -hmm. to be gay. It's a different view on life, right? Instead of being like, I need to go out and be seen at a gay club, you can be with your partner or your best friend and be like, girl, you want to stay in and, like, yeah. and drink wine and watch a movie? There's a you know what i mean and it's it's sort of like stage three is just like owning your identity owning who you are and that you don't have to prove to yourself or to anyone that you're mm -hmm. gay and you're validated but it's rare, very rare right we, we live in la and even in new york where a lot of people will stay in stage two mm -hmm. that's just what it is you know i know people that are in their 50s that are still stage two they think their validation is like dating a hotter guy and like having all this money to throw around but then i'm like mm -hmm. are you happy I don't know. Listen, I'm not a therapist, but it's pretty obvious. And the other thing is, like, <laughs> social media is fake as fuck. Like, you can put on, like, any persona fake you want so you can make it seem like you're happy to other people. But, like, it might not be how you feel inside. You know what I mean? Like, you can post whatever you want. <laughs> Filter it, whatever. Yeah. You can buy whatever you want. These motherfuckers with, like, 80,000, 100,000. I hate that shit. Like, get the fuck out. <laughs> and like the new, you can buy your verification. Like, bitch. We're so over all of this. Like, we, we really live in like a fucking fake. Uh, that uh, part. <laughs> that part. Oh, I can Oh my God. I love this. Speaking about like all this celibacy identity and dating, I want to know um, what, 
like you have such amazing power to you and like you were so unapologetically queer where yeah no i and you know we were just talking about examples of how rare that is in our community a lot of people Mm -hmm. are seeking validation through their queerness you on the other hand are actually like and i think me i'm i'm getting to your level where it's like we're actually fighting that we're like you can be queer and be amazing and just be you. You don't have to go by these trends or norms or what you think a mm-hmm. gay guy and grinder should do. So where do you get like motivation of uniqueness? Wait, can you repeat that? Where do I get motivation from what? It kind of broke up. Sorry. Yeah, your uniqueness daily. Like are there, obviously we're yeah. good days and bad days, right? So where do you have mantras? Are there like, what yes. are your thoughts and affirmations? You know, I would love to just understand little bit of the okay so the psyche of me i would say the first thing that i have the words tattooed on me is be yourself i those are two words that i just like live by like always be your own unique self and i still struggle with it too because i feel like sometimes um and a lot of people do we go into a room and we try to read the room and we code switch depending on the room so like it's sometimes really hard just to like be your own unique self and when others are trying to like dim your light um another thing which is like kind of weird but i bet you can relate to how i like feel like i became my own unique self growing up was like watching reality tv because i watch reality tv watch flavor of love i watch rock of love right And I saw these people being like their true unique selves. And later on, I I realized like it's mostly scripted slash like, you know, the the producers have a little hand and they're the puppet master. But like when I didn't know about all that, I saw these people that were being unique. They were being loud. They were being crazy. They were saying what they wanted. And that like inspired me. I still remember my mom like being like, turn that shit off. But I would like secretly still watch it. And I think, like, just, like, seeing these people um, in the media, even, like, the Kardashians, even though I know they're a little problematic, but, like, I would see Kim, and, like, I still love Kim Kardashian to this day, because my perspective on her is, like, she has been through all this shit, like, uh, um, sex tape, um, a crazy husband, like, um, a reality star assistant to like this huge star and she's still come on top like all this time no matter what she like has become on top she's like a billionaire she has a huge family like she has a big support system so I think like being yourself is like the first thing that I live by and then next um like I got my inspiration growing up through like seeing people in the entertainment industry like be themselves and be crazy and be unique And um, the last part would be definitely, like, the females in my life. I feel like I've always, like, connected with females. And I bet you are kind of the same way, too. Um, Like, I've just always really had this deep connection with females. And and to a point where, like, people would even, like, call me girl because they, like, thought. Because I'm, um, uh, I can't talk. When I was younger, (laughs) I'm getting so excited about this. When I was younger, I was, like, bullied for being gay and, like, people would call me like a girl and they would like ask if I had a vagina and like I was really self-conscious of that like growing up yes trash people and I've now like turned to like own that truth like I've just connected with girls so much that they gave me power they gave me uniqueness and I feel like 
females in our society are so like under um, minded and like they go through all this shit for just like being who they were born to be. So I felt like as like an underdog and a uh, uh, minority, even though I am a white male and I, I know my privilege, I am still like a minority and I still try to give power to different minorities and different people that um, don't have that power. So I feel like I've always just like connected with females because they know how to like demonstrate their uniqueness and power and femininity into the world. And they're so undermined, but they still come on top all the time. So I would say like, at the end of the day, like be yourself, seeing all these reality stars and connecting with like feminine energy and feminine personalities have really made me who I am. I love that. And I think that's why a lot of gay men, we love like women pop stars, you know, like we like look up to these female idols as like, you know, women go through so much. Um, We live in, even in 2023, we have a lot of LGBT rights being stripped away, but we have a lot of states that are like anti-feminism and like, you know, the, the ban of birth control and like abortion and like all this shit. And it's like, yeah, we actually have similar fights of rights um, and we all deserve equality. And I think a lot of my biggest supporters Period. are women. Um, and also better to make friends with. We were just saying in LA, it's so hard to make friends with gay guys. Yes, literally. I was like, I love my girl support. Um, so the follow-up question, I guess, to wrap up this beautiful conversation is how, how have you seen your art develop in like also the industry, right? Cause our industry is like so progressive but at the same time. It can be also so boxing yes. with like stereotypical casting. So I want to know like, what have, what are your, like, what have you seen being mm-hmm. in Hollywood for what you said two years now, right? What have you seen in the modeling industry as well as the acting industry for people that are like us that are more flamboyant? Ooh, or, that is a know, great question. So people like us in the industry, I would say since I've been here too, and because of like George Floyd and because of like everything that's happened in our society within the past like three years or so, it's really interesting because I feel like I think I've talked about the same issue with you off camera or not issue, like just observation of how like you go on the set now and you see different races and you see different ethnicities and you see different personalities. And I love it, but I hate it at the same time because it almost feels like it was like forced slash like they are like now, what'd you say? Like, yeah, like a token gay or like a token token Chinese girl or token Latin man. Like you are kind of the token person. But like, I've kind of flipped the narrative with that and like, was like, okay, if I'm the only white person on set, I'm going to show everyone that this is how a white person does it or like show a person like this is like a gay guy or like show someone. So like, I definitely think it's kind of interesting how they have like separate people, token people or like people on set like that, because like, it's usually like only the people that they bring on set. Like it's usually not the crew. It's usually not like the people that are making the decisions. They just like to show it outward, which is like kind of crazy slash like annoying. Yes. Right behind the scenes is usually like white older men yes and i'm like okay it's kind of icky because it's like okay you're showing diversity and inclusion with like the cast but like what about the crew or what about the decision makers 
yeah behind the scenes exactly we need some people but um another example of kind (laughs) of like how people are really like truly invested in like showing your character and showing your realness because we're coming kind of from the switch of like the influencer world of like oh let me edit my photo and let me like try to like look my best and like get all these injections and now people are like love the um authenticity of people showing like the which i love right (laughs) like you'll you'll share something funny you'll share something without a filter like that's why the kardashians are kind of like on the downgrade because like they like love to filter everything and like kind of like um have all these people like look at things before they even post it and like now the whole thing is about being your true authentic self and like giggling and maybe like doing like a spelling error showing a mistake and because we are human at the end of the day and like that's like part of our lives because like also like just showcasing this like perfect looking person or perfect like I'm using air quotes with this perfect personality is just not real like that's not real at the end of the day and like it makes other people like look up to you especially if you have a following or like power or you're on something and it's like okay that's how they try to compare themselves. But, um, so I just did my biggest commercial for Peloton, which I was super excited for, which should be coming out soon. But this is like an example of like one of the most me things over here, but also like crazy how they're embracing like your individuality. So I was doing jump squats for a scene and um, the movement coach was there looking at the jump squats to like make sure they were right. And then after I did them, of course, I looked at her and started twerking because, you know me, I'm just like, love to be in the moment, love to be crazy. And the producer like runs up to me after and he's like, oh my God, we loved that. You have to do that in the take. So it was like, I might be twerking in the commercial, so look out for that, y'all. But like, it's crazy that like, they now like are embracing like the silliness, the funness, the realness instead of like these like cookie cutter impressions of what they think people should be. Yeah, I will say, I think the one thing that Gen Z is doing really well is like the authenticity is coming back because I think millennials, we grew up, you know, I remember I was only 19 when Instagram came out. So literally development years, we were growing up with the social media and the rise of the Kardashians and all these like bougie reality shows. And it became like Facetune and Photoshop and all that. But now I love that. Like I'm still young. I'm only 31 now. I'm just yes. trying to try and go back to what it was when I was like 18, well, you know, or like mm-hmm. 16 on MySpace where there was no editing. You know, the most yes. you would make your photo black and white. You know what I mean? Like things like. That. So it's really cool to see it go back to like what I love because as an artist, like, listen, you get it. Acting, Literally. Modeling, like sometimes you got to be ugly, like. And your role, like if you're angry in your role, like you're not going to be pretty. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's a part of art. It's, it, it's, it's going from being hot and bad to like really fucking broken down and ugly, you know? And that's the point of art. And I love that we're seeing that on social media again. I love that like, ugh, it's honestly, I'm loving this, like going back to this trend. And this mm-hmm. trend just and it's about being your own self and showing that to the world. I'm smiling right now, but y'all can't see it. Like, you just saying that I was smiling ear to ear. Like, that's just amazing that people can be themselves and show their uniqueness. And there's also this, like, difference between, like, 
confidence and being yourself and like cockiness. And I think like a lot of people don't necessarily know this or see like one for the other or the other way around too. And it's like being yourself shouldn't be like cocky or shouldn't be like, like too much, if that makes sense. Like you can be yourself and be you. And like, that's not like cocky is just like this construct or like, you know what I mean? Kind of. I agree. Yes, I they agree. really are. That, that's the words that I was looking for. <laughs> it all ties in like, the beginning of our conversation is like people don't under mm -hmm. a lot of humans on this life don't understand self love. So, um, yeah, they're going to take your self love and confidence as a threat. And that's why we're not going to be everyone's cup of tea because a lot of people don't, when a lot of people don't like something, like even homophobia, it's like they're just scared mm -hmm. of change or they're scared of what they can't accept or like what they can't. So, <laughs> fuck that yeah, fuck that, fuck that. <laughs> but, like that but i love people like you i love to end this episode with like advice so anyone that's listening i want you andrew to give oh i love that okay so my advice or piece of advice would be at the end of the day just be your own unique authentic self like no one else is living this life for you, but you. So you have to live your life for your best life. At the end of the day, like you might look at yourself in 20 years and be like, oh, why did I, do, why did I not do this, this, and this? Why don't you just do it now and not look back at yourself and have that regret? So just be you, be yourself, live in the moment. That's another big thing. Like now we live in this world where everything's digitalized and you want to showcase everything. But you really have to just like live in the moment and take in the experience sometimes because you're living your life for yourself. And that's on period. <laughs> Talk to you later on Nana Tings.